Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. Uh, it's time for Tim with Tim. Uh, each day, Monday through Friday, we just take 10 minutes. We go verse by verse through the Word of God. Uh, we're in Isaiah chapter 44 today. I really appreciate you guys doing this with me. Some of us have, it's hard to remember now that we've been at this since COVID. Uh, man, I jumped on Tim with Tim uh, the very beginning. I mean, the very, I think like the first Monday of the pandemic. When the church shut down, I thought, oh my goodness, and I wanted to bring spiritual closeness in a time of social uh, separation, if you recall, social distancing. And so we started this and we just haven't stopped. It turns out we like it. We like being in the Word together. Uh, and uh, and it, it just feeds everything uh, for me. Uh, it feeds my personal devotion uh, and it feeds our relationship together. And uh, you just make me better. And I appreciate the opportunity to be your guide through scripture. Isaiah, Isaiah is a big book, y'all. And it's it's quite a chore to, to be in it every day. But I, I love what we're doing and, and it's forcing me to go deeper. And Isaiah chapter 44, I really enjoy this passage today. I, th I think it's it's something really quite beautiful. I love the first five verses, which sort of stand separately from what follows in verses 6 to 23 or so. Um, these first five verses are just an, another oracle of comfort for God's people. And uh, I, I, I love it. I'm sort of struck by verse 2, and it says, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The problem in my mind is not that they're afraid. I mean, when I just look at the situation, I'm just thinking it's not that they're afraid. They're just rebellious and sinful. You know, they won't follow God. They they would rather, you know, follow idols or put their trust in an enemy king. You know, it's, just, it's like anything other than God. But I think that this verse, uh, verse 2, the Lord who made you and helps you says, don't be afraid. Um the Lord who made you and helps you. You know, he made you so he understands you better than you understand yourself. He made you, you know, and helps you, which means he also understands where you are now and what time it is right now. You know, he's the Lord who made you and helps you. And he's the one who knows what you need to hear. And what you need to hear is don't be afraid. You, you know, uh, it just sort of stands out to me today because don't be afraid appears here that again in verse eight, do not tremble, do not be afraid. Um, why do you think this is the word they need to hear? I mean, you know, we make a big deal about, you know, all of those appearances of the angels, you know, to individuals and, and the angel is frightening and the angel says, do not be afraid. But this is a very different situation. God is trying to comfort, you know, his rebellious people that have been through the devastations of his wrath. And, and now the word is don't be afraid. Yeah, yeah, you know, because... I think fear is always at the bottom of our rebellion. It's always at the bottom of our sin. I don't turn away from God out of some, you know, carefully thought out theological response, you know. I don't turn away to sin, you know, or turn away from God, you know, you know out of some logic, you know. It's out of something deeper. It's, 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 it's responsive but not, you know, not intentional always. It's more um, an, an impulse born of fear, you know? I think that we fail to follow God most of the time because one way or the other, we, we give in to fear. Now, 
that fear can be expressed in many ways. And sometimes fear doesn't look like fear. Fear looks like, you know, determination or fear looks like fun or fear looks like, you know, even courage. But, you know, sometimes the most frightened person in the world is when who comes out fighting. It looks like courage. It looks like determination, but it's all fear, you know? The angriest person in the room who looks, you know, so mad and so forceful and they're saying all the big words and, and they're the frightened child, you know, fear makes us do crazy things and fear doesn't always wear a face of fear, but it's fear. And, and make no mistake, you know, for God's people in this moment, man, they are living in, in a wasteland, and, and that's what we get to as well. I mean, they're living in a wasteland. Their land has been devastated, you know, by enemy armies. And we're looking at the remnant, just a few who are left. They've lost everybody. They've been to a lot of funerals, you know, and they have no idea what, what kind of world their children are going to live in. And, and that kind of fear will paralyze you. That kind of fear will, will cause you to do all kinds of crazy things, you know. I think they put their their confidence in themselves or in the enemy nation or in an idol, whatever is at hand, because of fear, because um, the, the the devastation of their lives, the hopelessness, you know, of this wasteland, you know, the fact that they have nothing left, nothing left. Well, what are you going to do? You know, it's hard to trust the God, you know, that you can't see. It's hard to trust the God who apparently did all this out of his anger and his wrath. You know, how, how do you just trust? You know, I'm, I'm saying it's fear. At the very bottom of this lack of faith, it's fear. And that's why the Lord says, don't be afraid. Fear not. You know, fear not. If, if they could recognize that it's fear, and if they could learn, you know, faith is an alternative to their fear. Well, now they're going to be walking with God. Uh, the next thing in these first five verses, and I'm not getting very far today, Emma. Uh, I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. You know, again, I just said their life is a wasteland right now. You know, I mean, with Isaiah's beautiful imagery of water in the desert and all that, you forget that they're in the desert, you know. And so this... Uh, this just circumstance, you know, around them is just, you know, it's it's nothingness, it's emptiness, it's dry, parched. You know, we're talking about their life. It, it, it is a literal wasteland, I'm sure, too, but, but, but life is a wasteland. And, and when you're standing there in the ruins and rubble of your own choices, you know, um, the, the next question becomes, man, what kind of world my children, if, if this is my life right now, if this is the world right now, then what's it going to look like for my son? What's it going to look like for my grandkids? You know, I mean, most of us, we instantly start thinking about the next generation. Oh my goodness, if this is the world now, what kind of world are they going to have? And I love this word from the Lord that just says, man, your children are going to be okay. You know, my blessings are going to pour out on you and on your children they're going to thrive like watered grass. You are living in a wasteland, but they're going to thrive, you know, like an oasis, you know, like, like watered grass. I, I, I love that. Like willows on a riverbank. We're talking about your kids. Some are going to proudly claim, I belong to the Lord. Man, I hope our kids will proudly proclaim, I belong to the Lord. Others are going to say, I'm a descendant of Jacob, man. 
Uh, they're going to write the Lord's name on their hands. They're going to take the name of Israel as their own. And I love that, you know, because it's not just a promise for you. It's a promise for you and your children and your children's children. And, and I love the way that the cycle of devastation stops now. You know, and your children will never know that horrible story that you just lived through. Uh, I love that so much. The whole next part is another one of these showdowns of the gods. You know, guys like, hey, bring it on. You know, you, you got a God that can stand up to me, bring him in. I'd love to see what he can do, you know. I'm the first, the last. There is no other God. Who is like me? Let him step forward and prove his power. Again, it's a showdown. Bring it on, you know. Um, it's really fascinating because... It's also a sermon, you know, it's also Isaiah's prophecy, you know, and it's just interesting how this, uh, this kind of sarcasm, this, this satirical form that this satire becomes the way that Isaiah preaches a sermon and the way that the Lord speaks to Isaiah. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's intensely funny in, in, in places. This whole part where, yeah, the guy that makes the idly cuts down this tree and then about half of the wood, he chops into firewood, he burns it, cooks his food, and then he saves one, one log, carves out an idol, and he never stops to think, you know, gosh, you know, this same wood, I just burned it in my fire, and now I'm worshiping this log as an idol. You know, how stupid is that? You know, uh, such stupidity and ignorance, he says in verse 18. Uh, again, the poor deluded fool, you know. Um, and it begs the question, man, why are people so dumb and stupid? You know, why do they believe the lie, you know? But it's verse 20, and I don't have time to go much further, but I'll stop at verse 20. He cannot bring himself to ask, is this idol that I'm holding in my hand a lie? The Hebrew literally says, is this a lie in my hand? <laughs> you know, it's an idol and it's a lie, but what kind of fool can't see it? You know, well, the fool that made it, you know, the hardest lie to stop believing is the lie you've been telling yourself. You know what I mean? The hardest lie to stop believing is the lie that you've been telling yourself, you know. And so that's why it's really hard to make an idol, hold it in your hand, and then say, is this a lie in my hand? Because if it is, it's a lie you told yourself, you know. I think that in our lives, because we're not really carving idols out of wood or anything else, but our idols are carved out of the lies we tell ourselves, you know? That lie that you tell yourself, that, that your addiction, you know, or that your money, you know, or that one more relationship, that, that you know, if you could just get this guy to move in your house and if you have sex with him, then he's going to love you. You know, that's a lie you're telling yourself. And I think that the lies we tell ourselves really become the idols that we bow down before. And I'll say it again, the hardest lie to stop believing is the lie that you've been telling yourself. Man, I could preach on, man. I love this passage, but we'll pick up here. Isaiah chapter 45, verses 1 to 25 for tomorrow. Isaiah chapter 45, verses 1 to 25. Hardest lie to stop believing is the lie you've been telling yourself. Man, I wrote that down. I love you guys so much. I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. Have a great Tuesday.